Welcome to You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges with best-selling author, speaker, and motivational coach, April Joy Ford. April has faced adversity in her life, such as childhood sexual abuse and becoming a widow and a single parent at 32. Through all of her challenges, she's gone from tragedy to triumph. She'll help you to do the same. Get empowered by taking a holistic approach. Now, here is your host, April Joy Ford. Welcome, I'm April Joy Ford, the voice of You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. Hello to all of our fans and listeners globally. Each listener is a life and each life does matter. I know you guys are all seeking answers and solutions to your situations and setbacks, and I'm glad you've tuned in this week to get some insight on tools and truth to get empowered. Know that you are not alone and that there is hope. I'm here to say that there's golden blessings to be discovered even when life throws you that curveball and you can still experience joy. I believe on taking a holistic approach to be able to break through your barriers to implement the four steps that I share with you guys each and every week. And with this show, we bring on expert guests to help guide you to build a blueprint blueprint for finding the powerful you. So if you're ready to break through the barriers, go to myjoyagain.com so you can discover who you're truly meant to be instead of letting your setbacks define you. So our episode today is why some of us don't have one true calling with my guest, Emily Rapnick. And I'm sure you guys that are listening out there, you've been asked before when you were a child, what do you want to be when you grow up? So as you reflect on your childhood answer and compared to where you are today, are you that person? Could it be the doctor that you wanted to be, the lawyer, the teacher, the mom or dad? Maybe you once were, but maybe now it's changed. Emily has shared her concept of multi-potentialites on her TED Talk, explaining why some of us don't have one true calling. And this may give some of you guys some hope and relief for those that are seeking your purpose and calling. Emily is also a speaker, career coach, blogger, community leader, and she's a founder and creative director of PuttyLike.com. She has been featured on multiple media segments, including The Fast Company, Forbes, The Financial Times, The Huffington Post, and many more others. So without further ado, let's welcome Emily with us this week on You Are Not Alone. Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, Emily. So I'd like to know... Tell our audience, if I'm even saying the word correctly, what <laughs> does multi-potentialite mean? What does that even mean? It's a pretty long word to spell out to start with. <laughs> it is. Um, so a multi-potentialite is someone with many interests and creative pursuits. Um, one of the things I can help to remember how to say it is to just break it up into three parts. So just multi-potentialite. Um, but, you know, it's a term that there are other words that kind of mean the same thing. Like some people will say polymath or renaissance person or generalist. Um, but basically, you know, you're someone who has a lot of different interests, wants to do a lot of different things. Um, you don't feel like you fit neatly into a box. Um, and, you know, maybe you've struggled with that question, what do you want to be when you grow up, just because there are so many things that you want to be when you grow up or so many things that you are now that you're grown up. Mm-hmm. So how did you 
come about with speaking about the word multi-potentialite on TED Talk? I mean, was it a struggle? Like you said, maybe it was a struggle for you growing up and how did you help others or how did it come about? How did it evolve to a phrase? Yeah, so um, it was definitely a struggle for me growing up. Um, I saw it as a bad thing for most of my life. I jumped around between different fields like art and music and law and film. Um, And I always just worried, like, when am I going to find something and be able to stick with it? And when am I going to figure out what I'm meant to do? Like, what is my one true calling? Um, and how come, like, I, I kept thinking that I would find that I found my one true calling and turned out, turns out I was wrong. because so I would sort of lose interest and become interested in something else. And, uh, yeah, this caused me a lot of anxiety growing up. Um, and all the way, um, through to my mid twenties. Um, and then there was, I hit a certain point where, I was actually in law school, and I kind of decided, like, I'm interested in this law thing, and it's been really fascinating, but I don't think I want to become a lawyer. It's just, you know, not not really the life that I want. Um, and I'd become interested in the idea of starting a business. And so I was taking a business class, and they asked us to, to choose a niche, you know, mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. something really narrow and specific, and I, I just couldn't. I was making all these lists. I was like, oh, I'm interested in all these different things, but, like, I don't want to start a business about any one of these. Like, that sounds kind of boring. I want to do all of them. Um, and after just kind of, I, I sort of beat myself up. I was like, this is just, like, this is my lifelong problem. And I was like, what if I, like, I don't know, what if I flip it around and stop trying to fight it and see if there's anyone else out there who has multiple passions, who's making it work. Um, and I, I'd sort of made it work. You know, I'd, I'd done freelance stuff and odd jobs here and there and kind of changed, you know, pursued different careers and stuff. But yeah, I wanted to know if there was anyone who was more successful than me, who was making it work. And I just started blogging about this idea. And very quickly, people started turning up and being like, oh, me too. I'm like this too. Mm-hmm. I thought I was the only one, but I guess not. Um, and I started learning about how people make it work and just sharing my thoughts and, and what I was learning on, on Putty Like. Um, and then the word itself came about about three months after I launched Putty Lake, which was, I launched Putty Lake at the end of 2010. Um, I published, uh, I just self-published a free PDF, like, manifesto thing that was like, you know, we're okay, we can, it's okay to be this way, and um, I put some resources in there, and another blogger reviewed it on his blog, and he referred to us as multi-potentialites, and that comes from oh, the word multi okay. Yeah, so, so multipotentiality is a word in psychology that refers to people who display aptitudes across multiple disciplines. So I'd written about that, and then um, Trevor just kind of took it the next step, and he was like, "These people with multi, who are multi, mm-hmm. you know, who have multipotentiality, they're multipotentialites." And it just kind of stuck. I was stuck. I was like, "Can can I use that?" And he was like, "Yeah, yeah. go for it." And yeah, <laughs> So how how did you? Emily, the little girl, Emily, how did you personally answer that question when you were a kid? Uh, what do you want to be when you grow up? How did you answer that? I'm not sure because I think I probably had like 50 different answers at different times. I know at one point I wanted to be like a private detective. Um, another point I think I wanted to like be a, a veterinarian. Um, I, I, you know, I mean, I'm sure at one point I wanted to be like a gymnast. Like, all kinds of different things. <laughs> wow. Also, tell us, 
What are the strengths of having uh, or being a multi-potentialite? Like, what would you say the key strengths are in being one? Yeah, so there are several. Uh, The three I talk about in my TED Talk are idea synthesis. So that means the ability to take ideas from different fields and bring them together and create something new at the intersection. Um, So, like... I think the example I use is this really innovative jewelry company, Meshu. And they, like, what will happen is the user, you go on their website, and then you plot different, you write down different locations around the world that are important to you for various reasons. And then they, they will turn that into a little shape based on the map, like the route between the different places. Mm-hmm. And then they'll create jewelry and then you get like this beautiful necklace or um, ring or something. And so that's kind of the the founders, their interests were in things like travel, data visualization. Um, I think they had studied architecture, uh, obviously design, mapping, these sorts of things. So they sort of combined their interests, combined these different fields and created something really unique. Uh, so I think that multi-potentialites are very creative and that that's one of the ways in which we're creative we like to we like to smush things together and um and think outside the box but i think the key point is when when you said the word idea synthesis is really collaborating different talents and abilities with other people instead of always competing you're in a space of collaborating yeah that too and i think that that is another strength of multi-potentialites is that we're very good at working with big teams comprised of people in different disciplines because we can, if we've got all these different backgrounds, we can sort of speak the language of the different teams and translate between them and see a bigger project come, come to life. So I think that this just kind of naturally leads to us being good leaders. Um, and then there's also the fact that I believe we're quick learners. So we, we start so many things and um, this means that we're, we're good at we're good at starting things. We're good at picking things up quickly. Um, and and a lot of our skills are transferable. So you might, like I played in a band when I was younger, and one of the things I learned while I was playing in a band is how to work with teams. Um, and that's something I use in my business. So a lot of these skills we pick up are transferable across disciplines as well. Uh, we're also extremely adaptable. Um, which means that we can kind of take what's thrown at us. You know, if you have a client or a boss or a customer who um, wants something different from what you've already done for them, but you know how to do it, then cool. You can just kind of like take one hat off, put on another hat and and get to it. Um, Mm -hmm. And adaptability is especially important in in this economic climate where we're just like not sure what's going to happen in the future um, and things are changing very quickly. So the ability yeah. to be adaptable is is a real strength. And that, and that ties in with, like you said, the other point that you brought up of being a quick learner Learner is that when life throws you a curveball or adversity, you know, you've got to be able to somehow, instead of just operating in the reptilian reactive part of your brain, mm-hmm. somehow... Um, rationalize and think and adapt and learn quickly mm-hmm. into your new um, set of circumstances and environment. So you said idea th- synthesis, which brings on a lot of collaboration and creativity and working as a team. Um, the other is being a quick learner and adapting to change. Are there other key points that you've you've learned along the process and have helped other people as far as their strengths? Um, yeah, I mean, I sort of touched on this earlier, but just the power of 
um, for lack of a better word, translation. Like, we're really good at... Um, I... I I um, couch surfed many years ago with a guy who builds uh, supercomputers. I'm not quite sure what that means, but he was oh, big servers. Yeah, big just, uh, <laughs> of computers um, together. <laughs> yeah. He was describing it to me, and he was saying that he works with like he works with designers, and he works with programmers, and he works with the clients, and he has to think about the user and all these different things. And he was like, a specialist could never do my job. Because I work with so many different people, they all think differently, and I have to kind of like like translate between them and see this bigger project come to life. So I think translation um, is one of our superpowers as well. Oh, nice. Okay. So let's go ahead and take our break. And when we come back, we'll talk about more maybe on the flip side of the strengths of what are some of these struggles and um, challenges in being a multi-potentialite. Seems like I have to break down the word, like I said, into three different um, phrases to <laughs> you, say. You'll get it. <laughs> All right. So meet us back after the break. More with Emily. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Do you have adversity or challenges in your life weighing you down? Are you sick and tired of feeling depressed, down, and just plain unhappy? Get yourself out of this rut. Take action. Break through the barriers in your life and gain the confidence that you deserve by downloading the free ebook, You Are Not Alone, at MyJoyAgain.com. This book will help you to create your own blueprint to rise above life's challenges and discover the power inside you. Start smiling again, enjoy life, and feel empowered that you can face anything that is in front of you. Visit MyJoyAgain.com for the free ebook or text to 38470. The keyword, joy. On It's Absolutely All About You, host Eileen Nunez bases her show on the forthcoming book of the same name. If you've been taught to hold your head high and keep your self-esteem in check, where do you go if you aren't yet achieving that goal? Each program is based on a chapter of the book and comes from Eileen's many years of experience in order to help you find your inner peace. Listen for It's Absolutely All About You, live every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. tuned into you are not alone to reach april joy ford or her guest on today's program you may call into 1-888-346-9141 again that's 1-888-346-9141 if you'd rather send april an email her email address is april j ford at joys now back to you are not alone how to rise above life's challenges 
We're back and you're listening to our episode this week, Why Some of Us Don't Have One True Calling with my guest, Emily Wapnick. Her TED Talk has been viewed over 2 million times on this topic that we've been talking about. But just before the break, she shared some of the strengths of being a multi-potentialite and some of the key points she pointed out was having the idea synthesis model of being able to collaborate with others and work well as a team, being creative and thinking outside the box, and being able to learn pretty quickly to adapt to change and bring and being the translator, I should say, of working well with other experts. So with that, Emily, what's the other side of the coin to this as far as having some of these struggles? Yeah, so there are definitely challenges that multi-potentialites face. There are three big ones. There's there's work and just kind of figuring out how you're gonna get variety into your into your career and into your life and get paid for it. Um, there's productivity. So that's um, you know like if you have many different projects that you're working on, how are you going to focus on all of them and not be overwhelmed and how many is too many and um, yeah, just kind of figuring out those issues, all, all the, you know, the balance, really. Um, and then there's self-esteem or confidence, and that's just, we, you know, we grow up in a culture where um, specialization is, is the norm, and that's, it's actually romanticized. Uh, so a lot of us grow up with feelings of self-doubt and confusion, um, and then there are a lot of fears associated with, with being a multi-potentialite. You know, you wonder, like, how am I going to compete with specialists? Am I going to amount to anything? Um, how do I deal with friends and family who, who don't understand and who mm-hmm. are pressuring me to, to pick one thing? Um, so, so those are kind of the three major areas that multi-potentialites need to figure out. The work okay. and career stuff, the productivity stuff, and the kind of self-esteem and confidence. Yeah, those are those are pretty big challenges mm-hmm. to address because oftentimes I found not always the case, but a lot of the cases is that when people start really um, having a moment of soul searching and looking in the mirror when they ask themselves, you know, this question, "What is my purpose?" or "What is my calling?" "What's mm-hmm. the meaning of life?" It's often, again, I'm emphasizing the word often, not always, when life throws them a curveball or a boulder of adversity. It forces them to question the meaning of life. And it's unfortunate, like you said, those are the three main obstacles in to add on to that situation. So how would you say, we'll just pick one, um, maybe it's the educational system or the lack of support there is in the educational system. What can you encourage uh, maybe parents who have kids that could fall into this category? Sure. Um well, so do you mean like career-wise or do you mean like for Yeah, yeah. I mean, some of the the courses that you're required to take even in high school, um, maybe if, if you're on a school that has, you know, different tracks, um, how yeah. would you encourage parents, you know, for their kids who are struggling with finding an interest on where to begin? Yeah. Um, so the thing about careers is that we are – if if you like go talk to a mainstream career counselor or you pick up a standard career book, there will be usually there's like a test and then it assesses your strengths and your passions and kind of helps you whittle it down to one thing it's supposed to be. 
And um, I've found when I've taken these tests that I, I rank high areas and there isn't really a queer thing there. But it gives me like a few options where I'm like, that's interesting. I'm not sure that's actually the best fit for me. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I found that multi-potentialites who are happy and financially successful, you know, the ones that I've spoken to, is that they um, they tend to have careers that allow them to do many different things. So instead of, like, trying to narrow it down to one thing, um, they specifically seek out, you know, interdisciplinary fields or they pair together a few different jobs that they love for various reasons uh, and wouldn't want to do full-time. Um, or they find a day job that they enjoy well enough and then they explore their passions on the side. Um, there are various different ways of getting the variety, but... Um, but, but that piece is really important. So, you know, I think that it would be great if more career counselors helped students think about how they could get that variety in their careers and actually actually focus on that as opposed to just, like, whittling it down to one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess the same could be said of, of parents. Um, and unfortunately, like, the system isn't really there. There's no, like, pre-established path. Like, if you want to become an engineer, you know what you need to do, right? You go to engineering mm-hmm. school and you become an engineer. But it's a little bit, it's often a little bit more complicated and um, you need to customize things a little bit more when you are a multi-potentialite. And, you know, I'm working to create some resources and I know some other people are as well. But, um, yeah, right. And and also, you know, things changed so much in the last 10 years that, like the old methods don't even work as well anymore. People aren't getting to stay at one at one company for their whole career. Um, people are getting laid off left and right. So, yeah, the whole model is being. I don't know if that's a very comforting answer, but everything is changing so quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, what about like you said, having that exposure to the variety might shed some light as far as, you know, trying to figure out what you're interested in, like I said, if you're in that place where you have access to a counselor, say at high school, and your parents are trying to encourage you to go down one path. But what about, you brought up a good point of productivity, productivity and being able to focus and not get overwhelmed, because you're so interested in so many different areas and subjects. Yes, I think that one of the places where people get stuck is that they feel like they can either do one thing or um, the alternative to that is doing, like, everything all at once, uh, which is, like, actually literally impossible. Um, but the truth is that there is a vast middle ground between those two extremes. So you can do a few things very well. You can do one thing for a while, and then when you kind of hit an endpoint to that project, bring something else in. There are a lot of different ways to have variety and to do a few different things without being completely overwhelmed or or just stuck on one thing at a time. Um, and I always encourage people to, like, let's say there's one thing you're, like, really focused on, you're working away, but then you become interested in something else, uh, and you like really want to try it out and explore a little bit, but you're not, you don't want to take your focus away from that other thing you're already working on. Um, I encourage people to actually set a timer, you know, set a timer for like 50 minutes and just allow themselves to go down that rabbit hole and to explore. Cause I think that we can end up resenting our main focus. If our main project, if we don't allow ourselves to, you know, to have that freedom and to follow our curiosity. So I think it's actually, healthy 
to, you know, set a timer so you don't end up losing your whole day and feeling mm-hmm. terrible. But, um, yeah. <laughs> so you're basically setting setting boundaries without, within yourself of having mm-hmm. those limits of having creative time and then getting back on track on staying committed on the path that you, like you said, whatever project that you were working on. Yeah, yeah. And I think there are different ways of doing this, you know. Some people will split their day up, um, particularly if you're self-employed and you don't have that, that like, outside structure. So what people will do is, uh, I think Barbara Sher, who's another author who writes about this, she, uh, I think she calls this, like, the, the high school model or the school schedule or something. And that's, like, you know, you went to English class for 45 minutes, and then you went mm-hmm. to gym, and then you went to social studies, and then you went to science. So just, like, splitting your day up between different projects. Oh, yeah, I've done something similar. It's kind of like when you time block, like I'll set a certain amount of time, whether it's one hour, two hours specifically just for writing, Mm -hmm. or if it's working on the radio show, or it's, you know, doing something else, it's a structured amount of time that I've blocked away for that. Yeah, exactly. Um, And that works really well for some people. Other people like to dedicate one day to one thing and the next day to something else. Um, And that works really well for people. Um, But yeah, you know, it's just like you need to figure out what works for you. And with productivity in particular, there are all these different tools and some of, some of them work for some people. Some work, some don't like, it's just, you, you kind of, Find a method that works for you. There's a lot to draw from. Um, I've found that I, I really like using timers, um, like I mentioned, you know, in the way that I mentioned before, but also just for my regular work, I'll do like Pomodoros, which are a timer for 25 minutes. You work, then you take a, a break for, I think, three to five minutes, and then you set another Pomodoro for 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. And that works really well for me. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's just about figuring out like, how many projects you want, how many projects you can have on your plate and without going crazy and, you know, you want to enjoy the stuff that you're doing. Um, so, and, and just realizing that working on something now or focusing on something now doesn't that include you from later. I think people often feel paralyzed um, because they have so many different interests but they don't want to pursue any of them because they're afraid that if they do... They're just saying they're saying goodbye to the rest. Right, and I and I like your technique, the Pomodoro timer. It's almost like doing interval training with um, brain training of of how you um, train your brain to be able to be focused and that creates productivity and efficiency. So there is some science behind to that. I know that's another segment, but I'm I'm glad that you brought it up. Yeah. Now moving on with the other challenges that you brought up with. Um, you know, self-esteem or confidence and having a lot of fear or anxiety because of the model that the, yeah. just the way the society or educational system or business system is already created, it's not really for um, a multi-potentialite. Um, how have you been able to help people on that aspect with that particular struggle? Yeah, well, when it comes to dealing with friends and family members who don't really understand what you're up to or don't approve or are trying or pressuring you to one thing. What I found, I, I interviewed um, dozens of people who are like really very successful and, and very happy and have careers that um, let them be their, you know, the 
multi-potentialites, basically. Um, and I, I made sure to ask everyone this question. I was like, do you have support from your parents growing up? Like, did, did they pressure you to be one thing? And the people who did have a hard time with it, most of them, almost all of them said that by the time, you know, at some point, their parents in their, in their life began to see that they were making it work. They were paying the bills. They were doing well. They were happy. And they kind of backed off. And, and this seems to be the pattern for a lot of, a lot of people. So when you're younger, it can be really, really horrible. I mean, it's just like, it's, it's so stressful when you have that external pressure and the internal pressure and you to figure mm-hmm. out like who you're going to become. Um, but yeah, it just, it seems like when people start to make it work and um, people around them see that they're happy, then they kind of back off. But I will say that one of the things that you can do if you're going through this is help the people in your life understand that you're a multi-potentialite and what that means. Um, It was one of the reasons I wanted to do the TED Talk was just so that people could have a short resource to send their family members and just just help them better understand what's going on. Um, And then I think pointing out some of the, maybe some people who are doing many things and who are making it work. There are a lot of people, a lot of like famous figures throughout history. Um, I don't know if they're the most relatable examples, but you could say, you know, like like Ben Franklin and um, Leonardo da Vinci and um, <laughs> then some like prominent cultural figures like Oprah Winfrey and James Franco and Steve Jobs. Um, these are people who have or had many different passions and did a lot of different things. So probably people that you know in your community who are doing many different things and are very curious about, uh, maybe like self, there are a lot of um, like autodidacts, so people who are really into just kind of teaching themselves things and exploring things and are very curious. Uh, And I find that if you usually look around at the people in your life, you can spot a few multi-potentialites. Okay. Now, what if you're not a multi-potentialite and how would you encourage or support somebody that is? I mean, I think just like, I mean, it depends, depends if you're a parent and if you're talking about like how, well, how old the child is in that case, um, or if it's a friend or a partner or something, but I think just encouraging them to explore and, um, not, not attaching an identity to them, not being like, this person is this type of person. You know, they're an accountant. That's who they are. Um, because that can, it can be really hard as the multi-potentialite to... Well, I think just for anybody, direction. you don't have to yeah. be a multi-potentialite. Now you shouldn't be tying your identity to something that mm-hmm. you do. Like you said, if you're an accountant or if you're yeah. an author or whatever it is that you're doing, it's not who you are. It's a role that you choose to engage in, but it's, it doesn't define your personal identity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and I think just being supportive and um, not giving them a hard time when they become interested in something else, um, because often it will it will lead someplace great. And if you hold on to something that isn't serving you anymore, um, you might miss out on something else, and you might. I don't know, you feel stifled and, and not evolve as a human. So, yeah. 
Yeah. And I think it's key for um, those individuals who are maybe struggling with that third um, challenge, like you said, with self-esteem or confidence or fear, mm-hmm. is to really find a support network um, so you don't have to do this alone. You know, the whole preface is mm-hmm. um, you are not alone yeah. and find a support network that will encourage and inspire you who have the same desired destination as you. Yeah, that's another really big thing. Um, even if you find a group or one or two people who aren't necessarily multi-potentialized but are pursuing big goals, big dreams, and are and understand you and aren't going to like pressure you to be one thing, it can be really motivating to have like accountability buddies and um, and that support. That was one of the reasons I created Putty Like was just so that multi-potentialized could find each other. And I'd love to talk more about your um, puttylike.com more when we come back after these messages. So stay tuned. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. Joy's Gift is a 501c3 nonprofit that empowers women and youth to transition from tragedy to triumph, from loss or sexual abuse. Our program emphasizes a foundation of developing true self-mastery of independence. Our services provide a support system and infrastructure of wraparound resources for services focused on mental, emotional, and spiritual healing. Restore someone's hope, love, peace and help them develop self-mastery of independence by sharing your gifts with Joy's Gift at www.joysgift.org. That's joysgift.org. It's time to do all of those things that you always said you'd do in your life. What's stopping you? Is it other people, your environment, fear? What could give you a push? Tune in to Raising the Bar with Amy Bredo. Our show is all about taking risks and turning them into positives and personal gain. We'll help your inner voice speak up and get you out of that comfort zone. Raising the Bar can be heard live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com tuned into you are not alone to reach april joy ford or her guest on today's program you may call into 1-888-346-9141 again that's 1-888-346-9141 if you'd rather send april an email her email address is april j ford at joys now back to you are not alone how to rise above life's challenges Welcome back with my guest today, Emily Wapnick, with our episode, Why Some of Us Don't Have One True Calling. And just before the break, we talked about some of the challenges of being a multi-potentialite. The top three would be work and finding ones that give us enough variety, if you are one, and actually getting paid for it. The second is being productive with focus and not getting too overwhelmed. And the third is a lot of self-esteem and confidence and dealing with anxiety and fear 
from our external um, society and environment. And we talked about a little bit on the educational system of how it's supporting or lacking support um, if you do find yourself being identified as a multi-potentialite. So, Emily, what are your thoughts as far as the business models of today? Um, Did you find it quite challenging for yourself in creating a business that fit um, your interests? And how would you encourage individuals who are looking to either start a career path of, of starting their own business? Um, well, so you find the same thing in business literature that you find in a lot of the career literature, which is um, they try and they suggest that you choose a niche, right? You know, to, that you specialize. And this can be a problem mm-hmm. for multi-potentialites who have many different interests and don't just want to do one thing or focus on <laughs> the one riches area. Are niches. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so, one of the things you can do is actually combine two or more of your interests and create under what I call an overarching theme or a, an umbrella theme. And this is kind of like what your business stands for. And it's, it's a theme that allows you to do many different things. Um, so, for example, um, are you familiar with, with Steve Cam with Nerd Fitness? No, I'm not. Tell, tell our audience yeah. more about it. Sure. So Nerd Fitness is this really great website where um, Steve writes about fitness, athletics, you know, nutrition, stuff like that, but all from like kind of a nerdy slant. So he uses a lot of references from video games. He's got these like Lego character, these like Lego characters Mm -hmm. and the photos of his blog posts. Um, The whole thing is meant for an audience that wouldn't typically read Muscle Magazine, right? So he's sort of blent. He's sort of blending together these two different areas that he's interested in, fitness and, like, nerd culture. (laughs) Um, Yeah, there's another business like that that I really like called Marketing for Hippies. And um, that's exactly what it sounds like. It's a guy who has a background in marketing, but he's also really interested in, like, in holistic, green, conscientious, businesses and he helps mm-hmm. those businesses um, with their marketing and um, he can sort of translate marketing material which is often like might not appeal to that audience you know uh, he can translate it in, into their language and they can sort of hear it in a way that feels ethical to, you know and, and feels right um, from someone who like understands what they're trying to do and uh, cares about similar things that they kind of merge multiple areas. And that's that's one thing you can do if you're a multi-potentialite who's trying to start a business is you can try and smoosh together your different interests and you can just ask yourself, like, what is there knowledge related to one area of interest that could be useful to an audience related to a different area of interest? And whenever mm-hmm. I do this exercise, I find that, you know, you come up with, like, a lot of funny business ideas, you know, like um, scuba diving for historians or something. (laughs) Just by looking at your interests and pairing them together. um, But, like, if you Google that, that actually does exist. Like, there are, you know, there are companies. I thought that was just something you came up with. (laughs) (laughs) You can, like, go on diving. You can go scuba diving and look at shipwrecks and stuff. You know, like, there are all kinds of crazy. There's... um, 
There's ocean therapy, which is like therapy that takes place on surfboards while learning to surf. Like there are all kinds of really creative businesses nowadays that blend together things that don't normally go together. Um, ah. So that can be but, a lot of different, yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. And I like the illustration that you pointed out, like with the nerd fitness of that's like the umbrella or the overarching, um, would you say it, that would be like the calling and then maybe anything created out of that umbrella would be, you know, falls into the inner calling, will you say, of, of the overarching one? Sorry, I don't, I don't understand the question. Oh, when, when you um, use the illustration of having, combining two or more mm-hmm. themes of like the one that you use, an example, the nerd fitness, that, yeah. that was more of like the umbrella um, company we'll just name it that, or the overarching calling, but anything created or expanded from that larger umbrella could be uh-huh. maybe an inner calling, um, you know, in addition to the inner, the one overarching theme, right? Yeah, well, I mean, that's one of the great things about businesses is that if you own a business, you're going to end up doing a lot of different things. So, like, I've found that I've... I can I can write, I can speak, I can do design work if I want to, um, I can create products, I can do consulting, like there's a lot of different things that, that I can do within my business. And if I'm ever like, oh, I want to try this new medium, I can usually find a way to, to make it work with, with the business. Um, and just, you know, like understanding customer service and understanding how to write copy and marketing. There's just like so much that goes into to running a business. So I've found that there's actually a very um, high rate of, of multi-potentialites who are also entrepreneurs. Um, and that the two kind of two worlds go well together, but but not all multi-potentialites are entrepreneurs or need to be. So, right now, do you believe there's a difference between since we're talking about um, career path and a business? Do you think there's a difference between say having a hobby and a passion? Because for me, I think it was some time ago. I, I remember overhearing a conversation. Um, somebody was saying that they really like photography is a hobby and the other person that they were talking to suggested well maybe you should turn your hobby into a business and then the guy replied back with no because then it's going to become you know too stressful and demanding when it becomes work and I just want it to stay as a hobby I think for me passion means you still endure even though on the days when you don't feel interested because of the stress or the demand, you know, when you have those days and hobbies more of when it's convenient. So what are your thoughts on that? Do you think there's a difference between a hobby and a passion? Um, I mean, I feel like some people do well just not monetizing their hobbies or their interests. And, and you're right. Like that's, takes a lot of the pressure off of it. And if they were to try to turn it into a business, um, it might take the joy out of it. But other people really like to do that. They love to take something that they're into and, and monetize it and make it their, their paid work, their career. So it's just about like what works, different things work for different people. And that's like, that's why I'm always skeptical when, when experts are like, there is one way to do it. Cause I just don't, I just don't believe that. I think there are different things that work for different people and you can provide resources and tools. Um, but in terms of the difference between 
hobby and passion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's a difference in the terminology. Hobbies typically don't bring in income. Passions may or may not, depending on, like, if you're, I mean, I guess in this context, you're using it to mean something that brings in money. So, um, but ultimately, I don't, I think the risk is, feeling like if your interest is just a hobby that is not as valuable, and that I don't think is true. Uh, we attach a lot of importance to financial value in, in our culture, and I think that there's a lot that can be gained just by engaging with something for fun, just to kind of enhance your, just to learn more, just I mean, and you also don't know how what you're learning on the side might impact your your paid work because a lot of the times that that ends up coming in into what you're doing in other realms. So, ah, that's a pretty pretty good point. On you never know what you end up learning throughout the process, and it could, uh, like I said, could be beneficial um, as an outcome later on for some other, mm-hmm. some other way. Now, tell us yeah. a little bit more about PuttyLike.com. What are some practical things that you've been able to work people with who, again, we, we talked about some of the strengths and struggles on how do we fit or where they fit in. What What is the community like on Putty Like? Uh, the community is a glorious mix of people, um, people of all ages from all over the world. It's kind of funny. When I started the site, I was imagining basically myself five years earlier or maybe ten years earlier um, kind of like early 20s, early to mid-20s, this person who's like in college or just finished, just graduated from college. And like those people are definitely in the community, but it's actually far broader. I mean, I hear from (laughs) people in their 60s and 70s, and then I hear from like 12-year-olds and high school students and everyone in between. Um, So, yeah, and it's also, it's a really interesting mix because we all we're all multi-potentialites, so we kind of struggle with similar things and have, um, and kind of like move through life in a similar way, but our, our specific interests are all so different. So, um, yeah, the community is just comprised of people who are into all kinds of different things. Um, and I try and, I try and lead with like a sort of supportive tone. Um, and so I think that the people who turn up and hang out at the community are also very supportive of one another and um, kind of understand what what the other people have been through because it's their story as well. And so, yeah, it's, it's a great community. People are really nice and really helpful and uh, really creative and smart. Okay. Yeah. So I think it's pretty ironic. It's, you know, like you said, it's not about creating one niche, but it's almost like a niche itself <laughs> of putting together a, a yeah. variety group. <laughs> it, it, well, yeah, and, it totally is. Um, but mm-hmm. like that, that's the thing. It's like, unlike all of the other labels or, or most of the other labels, um, multi-potential, all it says is that your life isn't focused around one thing. Beyond that, it's totally open. And for a lot of people, they haven't found a label or a title or an identity that really fit before. So I, I hear that a lot. Like, finally, I have, have like, a word to use, and I don't feel limited. 
Mm-hmm. The way that others that's great. Find. That's great to hear that you've created that that community and it's growing globally. It sounds like from a variety of ages. You said anywhere from teenagers all the way up to sixties and seventies. That's great. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. stay tuned. And when we come back from our break, I'm going to find out more about Emily, Emily, and what she's doing next. And maybe she can share with us how we can integrate her concept with the four steps from breakthrough the barriers. So more with Emily when we come back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Do you have adversity or challenges in your life weighing you down? Are you sick and tired of feeling depressed, down, and just plain unhappy? Get yourself out of this rut. Take action. Break through the barriers in your life and gain the confidence that you deserve by downloading the free ebook, You Are Not Alone, at MyJoyAgain.com. This book will help you to create your own blueprint to rise above life's challenges and discover the power inside you. Start smiling again, enjoy life, and feel empowered that you can face anything that is in front of you. Visit MyJoyAgain.com for the free ebook or text to 38470. The keyword, joy. Most of us have experienced the loss of a loved one, be it a friend or family member. There are all kinds of questions and emotional pain that we go through, but you can move on. Listen for From Morning to Morning with Rabbi Mel Glazer. It doesn't matter what faith you are, or if you even have no faith, you are sure to find meaning in Rabbi Mel's words and personal experience, as well as that of his guests. From Morning to Morning airs live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. Out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are tuned into You Are Not Alone. To reach April Joy Ford or her guest on today's program, you may call into 1 888 346 9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send April an email, her email address is Ford at joysofyah.com. Now, back to You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. Okay, in our last segment here today with Emily, let's see how we can use the four steps of breaking through your barriers. And I'll explain to Emily since she's new with us this week. The four-step formula to break through your barriers is one, recognize the barriers, and two, respond by creating a recovery plan. Three, reevaluate your plan. And fourth, rebalance the relationships, not only with um, yourself, but those around you. So Emily, how can we use this model as a multi-potentialite to first, how do we even recognize if we are one just because we have so many interests? I mean, what are some other things that we can look for? Yeah, if you're someone who gets really excited about something and uh, eventually maybe your passion starts to dwindle a little bit, but then you become really interested about something else, something very different, um, and that you see this pattern in your life, 
Um, or you just have like five different projects on your plate that are all very different from one another, or you're constantly craving new experiences and you want to learn new things. These are the sorts of um, the sorts of hints that you might be a multi-potentialite. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Craving new experiences, I like that. <laughs> okay, now, how would one respond with coming up with some sort of action plan to, to like you said, find their path and something that's fulfilling and successful and not really challenging? Because I know at the beginning of the segment, you said you basically you know, came to the realization of instead of fighting this, um, let's let's work with it. This is who I am. You accept it. Let's work with it. And what can I do to um, be good at it and be successful at it? So what, pe- what can people do to respond by creating a plan? Um, I think one of, the, one of the first things that you can do is to sit down and write out all of your interests and your passions and your curiosities and everything you've done in the past and everything you're becoming interested in now and to just look at that and see if there are any patterns, if there are any any kind of things for you that seems to draw you to the different areas. You know, maybe you mm-hmm. love performing and that that's why you enjoyed one of the reasons you enjoyed being a teacher and also a singer. Like those are the kinds of things you want to identify and then you can start to put those things together and um, figure out how your interests might might be able how you can combine them or um, how you could piece together a career that allows you to do many different things and provides you with that variety you need and that's a, a very quick and oversimplified answer but it's it's such a huge topic I feel like I'd have to yeah um, yeah yeah and I like the point of, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, of of really putting down everything to paper, put your pen and paper on all your mm-hmm. interests, not only of now, but in the past and look for patterns. And that's really when you're integrating these four steps, it's about creating a blueprint. And that's what happens when you have, um, you know, a plan with patterns. It's really a blueprint. Now, when we reevaluate the plan as we go along, how do we um, manage expectations within ourselves or even handle frustration if we have to, adjust paths and maybe we started something that we no longer have interest in and feel like we're starting from scratch. How, how have you been able to handle or manage frustration? I mean, I think one thing is that when you realize you're a multi-potentialite, if you start to lose interest, it doesn't bother you in the same way as it did before. At least I found that. I used to, um, like, I was heavily involved in music for a long time, and um, there just came a point where I stopped being able to write songs, I just didn't feel inspired, didn't feel like anything coming out was, was that good, and I wasn't into it anymore. And I felt like I was losing my identity. It was like this real kind of identity crisis, and I experienced that uh, with music. I experienced that with art and design. I experienced that um, in several different fields. But now, now that I know I'm a multi-potentialite, it's just like... It's just like I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to change course, and it's like, okay, well, I think that thing has run its course, and it's like, what's new? What's coming up? Because usually it's something really exciting and, and mm-hmm. awesome. Um, so I think that, that that really goes a long way. And then just, yeah, having – I can't I really can't stress enough what you were saying, <laughs> um, having other people in your life who can help you kind of see the bigger picture and, um, and support you and um, – yeah, I don't know, just like that, like 
sense of community can really right, help. Right, and that ties into the fourth step is really rebalance the relationships with mm-hmm. your support network. But I like your point on, like you said, you came to a place of, of you know, having a moment of stopping the expectations on yourself on, okay, this this is it, this is the path, and it's more liberating, it sounds like, when you... Mm-hmm once able to realize and release of, okay, I no longer have interest in that, what's next? And you were open for the what's next instead of being fearful of taking on the risk of moving forward. So that's that's a good point. So we only have a couple minutes here left. What's next for Emily? What are you working on? Um, so I am, I'm writing a book right now, which is about how to make a living as a multi-potentialite. And so I'm conducting a whole bunch of interviews with people who, um, who, have, who have made it work, people who are both happy and financially um, successful. And I'm uh, just trying to put all of this stuff together in a way that where other people can, can read the book and go through some exercises and kind of take the lessons um, you know, from, from people who've been there before and uh, who are doing it. So that's kind of my big project for the year. Um, I'm also continuing to um, blog at Putty Like and to run our membership site, the Putty Tribe, and we've got some fun things coming up. Like we've got a Putty Thon coming up, which is um, where we, whoever wants to participate, we get into groups of three or four, and then we spend 24 hours like working on a project, and then at the end uh, we all present it online. It's, it's it's really fun and so you work with you collaborate with people all over the world, all multi potentialites. So we've got we got one of those coming up. Um yeah, and then I'm doing a few speaking things. Um and we'll see. And I've got some interests outside of outside of my work. Um I'm a musician and uh, I, I like I got it came back it's one of those interests that came back around so I kind of didn't touch my guitar or my violin for 10 years, and I'd recently gotten back into it. Um, yeah. Okay, great. Alrighty, everyone. I'm April Joy Ford here in Voice America with You Are Not Alone, and I share my story and the show so that others can share their stories and have their glory, so that others don't have to experience the extremities of what I face, but would be able to take the fruit of my adversities and prosper with it. I give my permission to allow people to borrow my belief and faith, and I give my love and light so that others can illuminate theirs. I share my joys and blessings so that others can share theirs and let others know you are not alone. And make sure you go to myjoyagain.com to receive your free copy of You Are Not Alone and see how you can take part in the four-step process to break through your barriers. See you guys next week. appreciate your joining us this week for you are not alone please tune in for another edition with host april joy ford next tuesday at 7 p.m eastern time 4 p.m pacific time on the voice america empowerment channel we can't wait to talk again next week